Well, good evening, and I think first off, I would like to thank you all for your gift of love to me this evening. It's rather humbling always to be in a service where they lift an offering for, for you. Um, I thank you for it very, very much. Uh, I have a <clears throat> policy uh, when I receive a love gift like this that uh, the tithe from your offering tonight I will send back to you here at this church to use as you so desire. So if your treasurer would give me his name and address, I would be so happy to return the tithe to you because I know this gift is more than I'd ever deserve or uh, need, and I'm so happy to share it with you. <clears throat> Tonight, we are going to be reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 21. You're welcome to turn to that. And I would just say it's just been such a joy being here. Um, I, uh, I find when I go away like this and spend uh, a number of days with a church, you, you tend to bond with the people and you, you hate to leave and you can't imagine after being, seeing them night after night, you know, that you're, all of a sudden you're not going to see them again for maybe a year or two or more. And uh, of course, then I forget names by then. But, but uh, it's just uh, it's kind of a melancholy feeling I usually have. Um, when I leave, and I have bonded well with you. I have really have enjoyed your congregation here. You've been very kind and uh, very warm, and I certainly pray God's blessing on each of you and trust that you will be faithful to our Lord uh, in the coming days. But I'm going to be reading now a very familiar text uh, to you in John chapter 21, starting at verse 15. And I make no excuse for that. Any time we go to a familiar text, um, it's because, it, after all, it is the Holy Spirit that brings to our minds and hearts what He uh, wishes to accomplish in our lives. And so I trust that He will do so again this evening. John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. May the Lord bless this scripture to all of our hearts tonight, and may his Holy Spirit do its work in our lives as we study this text. How are things with you and the Lord tonight? Do you know Him? Are you in touch with Him? Is this a good time in your life? Would you look at the last year, the last six months, and say it's been a growing good time? Or does it happen to be a rough time right now? Or perhaps maybe you're really not sure about Jesus at all and you really haven't given your life to him as you should. 
is life making sense? When you look at life as a picture puzzle and you're trying to put the puzzle pieces together, are they fitting? Or does it feel like you try to put life together and the pieces just won't fit? Often we have many questions, and you may have many questions tonight about things you do not understand. Things that you wish were different. And even if you're not there tonight, you probably have been at some point or another where you had so many questions about life and you just couldn't quite put it all together. And you had more questions than you had answers. Well, when you and I get to those kinds of situations and times in our life, which we all do, it's into that kind of situation that Jesus presents to us a bigger question than all these other questions that you have. There is one question that he puts to you which you really need to answer, and it's bigger than all these others you have about life and things you don't understand. And the question is this, do you love me? In the terms of our text, Jesus would have said in the King James, lovest thou me? Do you love me? That is the question which all of you need to answer. Let's take a look at Peter as we begin to do exposition on the text. Let's take a look at Peter. You know, we, most of us identify real quickly with Peter, don't we? And I think the reason we like Peter is because he's rather colorful and uh, he was a man of emotion. Peter felt deeply about things, didn't he? Very deeply. And he spoke those things often quicker than he should have. You may be like that, you may not be. But I'm sure you can identify his, the feeling part of him. He felt very deeply about things, just like you feel deeply about things. Now, at the Last Supper, you remember when Jesus said to them, all of you shall be offended because of me this night. Remember that scene? And what did Peter say? Oh, though all be offended, I will never be offended. I'll never be offended, not me. And Jesus had to look at Peter and said, Peter, before the cock crows twice, you'll deny me thrice. And it happened just that way. It happened just like Jesus said it would happen. And Peter was totally broken. I mean, he was just, he was totally undone. He, he went out and he, he wept bitterly. And not only had he done that, but then his Lord, the one who he called Lord and Master, he was crucified and he died. And so here you have a man that is very confused very disillusioned, very emotional person with a lot of questions. And it is into that kind of a situation that Jesus speaks to Peter and asks him this question. And I have come to understand that it is into those same kind of situations that we have in life. It is in those same kind of things that Jesus will come to you and to me and ask, 
Do you love me? Do you love me? I want you to notice in verse 15, when Jesus addressed Simon Peter, he used his old name, Simon, son of Jonah. He didn't address him as Peter. He said, Simon, son of Jonah. He used his old name. Now, what do I mean by his old name? Do you remember when Jesus um, had asked Peter, whom do men say that I am? And Peter said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're one of the prophets. But then Jesus said, but whom do you, whom do you say that I am? He said, thou art the Christ. Thou art the son of the living God. Remember that? And at that point, Jesus looked at him and he said, your name is Simon Barjona. That means Simon, son of John. Your name shall be called Peter. He changed his name. He gave him a new name. He gave him the name Peter. What does Peter mean? Rock. He was always Simon, son of John, until he made that confession, and Jesus said, now you're going to be called Peter. And oh, my. Just think what that did for Peter. I would have liked that. I'd, I'd rather be called a rock rather than my, my father's name was Solomon. Maybe isn't all bad, but Steve, son of Solomon. <laughs> but I'd rather be called a rock. And, um, and that, that spoke to Peter. He was, he was thrilled that he got a new name. And, but guess what? Jesus called him by his old name. He didn't talk him, ask him this question. He didn't address him as Peter. He, he called him by his old name. That had to break his heart. Just call me by Peter. Simon, son of Jonah. Oh, we're back where we started. I'm back where I started. Lovest thou me more than these? What did he mean, more than these? Lovest thou me more than these? It's really not clear what Jesus did mean. Could I give you a couple suggestions to get you to think? Did he possibly mean, do you love me more than fishing? Now I'll tell you why I say that. What was Peter before he knew Christ? He was a fisherman. What did he do after Jesus died and he was so disillusioned? He went back to fishing. That's what he was doing, fishing again. Do you love me more than fishing? You see, what happens when we get disillusioned, disappointment, disappointed? You know what we do? We go back to our old ways. That's what we do. We go back to what we did before. When we're disappointed, we always do. For you, it may have been, maybe it'd be you go back to farming. Maybe you'd go back to some hobby that you had that wasn't maybe the best. You see, 
do you love me more than fishing? Possibly. Or was he possibly, when he spoke of these, was he referring to the other disciples? Do you love me more than the other disciples? And the reason I bring that up is because that time when he, uh, before he denied Jesus, remember at the Last Supper there, he said, I'll never deny thee, though all others be offended, yet I'll never be offended. Though everybody else does, I won't. And see what, what he's saying there, you know, I, everybody else may, but I won't. And so Jesus says, Peter, do you really think you love me more than the other disciples did? Do you really think that? That you love me more than everybody else? Like, do you, do you ever get to that point maybe in Calvary and in human relationships where you get disappointed in someone else and, and yet in your, walk, in your communication with the Lord, Lord, it just breaks my heart what these people are doing, et cetera, et cetera, but I'll not, I'll not do that. And, and in, in that situation, I've had the Lord say to me, Steve, do you really think you love me more than the other people do? It's, it's good to think, to be reminded like that by God's Holy Spirit. I would say it like this, my best understanding of more than these, I would say it like this, what is it that is competing in your life with your love for Jesus Christ. That's what the these would be, I believe. It may be fishing for you. Is fishing competing with your love for Christ? Is deer hunting, <laughs> you see? Is some collecting hobby that you have, does that compete with your love for Jesus Christ? You answer the question. I think the Holy Spirit purposely didn't identify the these so that it, the Holy Spirit could speak to all of our hearts tonight. And the Lord could ask us, do you love me more than all these other things in your life that are competing in your life for Jesus Christ and his love? What is it for you? And do you love him more than that, that thing that is so important? For me, it can be sheep, believe it or not. I'm very interested in sheep. I spend a lot of time with them, and I'm always looking for new genetics and trying to improve and that sort of thing. But if I don't keep that thing in perspective, it can come, become idolatrous. It can compete for my love for Jesus Christ. And so it is in your life. Well, let's look at this word, love. I am not a Greek student, and I'm sure your brethren could do this better than I. But when in that 15th verse, when Jesus says, lovest thou me more than these. See that word love there? That word is the word agapeo, the, the highest form of love, the highest love. It's brotherly love. It's that deep love, that love that God has. And so Jesus is asking Peter, he said, do you love me with that kind of love, with that high and holy, lofty love? But I notice in Peter's answer, he says, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. You see, our English just doesn't do this justice because this word love is a different word, completely different word. It's phileo. And that is the kind of love that you have with another person, a, a brother kind of love, a brother to brother, sister to sister kind of love. This 
totally different than the high and lofty love of God. I would illustrate it like this. It's a little bit of a crude illustration, but I think you'll get my point. Let's suppose you wives, you look at your husband tonight before you go to sleep and you say, honey, do you love me? And your husband turns to you and says, of course, you know that I like you. Now, ladies, don't that just get your heart to flutter? <laughs> of course it don't. You know, gentlemen, you try that and you might feel a hand across your face. I don't know, but she might not be too happy. And I know that is a crude illustration, but it does get the point across. It's, it's like Jesus says, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I like you. So Jesus comes back the second time. He says to him, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? Now this time there's no comparison made whatsoever. The other night was more than these. But this time he doesn't compare it to anything. He just said, I want you to state your love for me absolutely, clearly, distinctly. Do you love me? No comparisons. And, G and Peter asks back, or answers back, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I like you. Now, he used the same word again. Same one. Yes, you know I like you. So the third time, Jesus uses Peter's word for love. Simon, son of Jodah, do you like me? That he used Peter's word. Do you like me? It wasn't Agapeo. It wasn't that deep, holy love. He says, okay, do you like me then? And that question broke Peter completely. Just totally broke him. You see, there was a threefold question to match a threefold denial. There was a threefold denial back there at the Last Supper. After the Last Supper, and there was then a threefold question. And Peter said, in answer to that, when Jesus said, Do you like me? Peter was grieved. And he said to him, Lord, Thou knowest all things. And what I hear Peter saying is, Lord, you, you know me. You know everything about me. Lord, you know me better than I even know myself. And Lord, I'm scared if I, if I say that I love you like you love me, if I use that word, if I, if I say that, Am I going to be proved wrong again like I was back there at the Last Supper when I said I'd never deny you? I said I would never when I did. And for me to say that I just really love you like this, you know me better than I know me. Am I going to make another mistake? And so Peter was afraid to use that word, and I understand how, how he felt. He didn't want to make a mistake again. He's made enough of these in his life. And so it's like, Lord, you know it all. 
But one thing you know is I do love you. And he uses the word phileo there. He says, you know, I do like you. He was just scared to go any further with that word. You see, Peter's heart knew his heart is, was so, Peter knew that his heart was so fickle and so changeable. He didn't want to ever boast again. He said, I'm Simon Barjona. That's what he's saying. I'm, I'm Simon, son of John. I'm a man. And I don't want to be boastful. Let's do some business with God ourselves. Take out that song that I had you, had distributed to you, that the ushers gave you. I would like to use this hymn, the words of the hymn, rather, we're not planning to sing it. I would like to use the words of this hymn written by William Cowper. It's an old hymn. As an aid to enable Jesus Christ to speak to each of you through the power of his Holy Spirit. I'd like to use this. It's a tremendous, tremendous hymn. And I just ask you tonight, would you be willing to listen to God's Holy Spirit as we walk through this? Would you be willing to do that? In, there are six verses. In the first verse and in the sixth verse, the last verse, the author talks. But in the other verses, it's like Jesus is talking. So you need that concept. The author talks in the first and last, and then Jesus talks to us and the rest. So let's look at this hymn. Hark, my soul, it is the Lord. See, I'm talking, you're talking. It's the Lord. Tis thy Savior. Hear his word. Jesus speaks and speaks to thee. Say, poor sinner, lovest thou me? I want you to notice that William Cowper, I, I believe this was a divinely inspired kind of hymn. I, I can get real excited about this. He uses your old name. See, Jesus calls you and he speaks to you. He uses your old name. You're a poor sinner. I am too. He uses our old name. And he asks us this question, which was asked of John, or of Peter. Do you love me? And that's what the Holy Spirit is asking to you this evening. Do you love Jesus Christ? Do you love me? Now, Jesus begins to speak to us here then in these next verses. And in each of these next four verses... He speaks to our soul, and he, he, he speaks to us of, of love. And he uses four different ways that God's love works to motivate us to love him. See, God works in different ways to motivate us, to get, his, get us to love him as we ought. And he comes at it from four different angles here. And in verse 2... He's talking about how the love of Jesus just conquers all sin. And see, that's to get us to love him. Let's look what it says. I delivered thee when bound, and when bleeding healed thy wound. Doesn't that describe us when we're bound in, in trespasses and sins? We're bleeding, 
And Jesus reached out to us and healed that wound. Sought thee wandering, set thee right, turned thy darkness into light. Even when you wander from Christ, think about when you have wandered from him, who comes looking for who? It's the good shepherd that comes looking for you. He seeks us when we wander and he sets us back right. He has turned our darkness into light. You see how the fact that he conquers all our sin and goes searching for us, that kind of love draws us to him and he wants to use that to motivate us to love him. Now in verse 3, we see the love of Jesus never forgets. Can a woman's tender care cease toward the child she bear? Now for those of you that are mothers, can you contemplate ever in your life a time when you would not love the child that you bore? Would, would that ever happen? Now, I'm not a mother, even as a father. You know, when I, when I think about my children, I can't really anticipate a time I wouldn't love them. And yet, it could happen. And that's what this song, yes, she may forgetful be. You see, within our humanness, I suppose we could get to that point. It's, it's kind of hard to imagine, but I think we could. Yet will I remember thee. He said, that could happen, the writer is saying. But as far as Jesus speaks to you and he says, but yet my love for you, I won't forget. I won't forget. In the fourth verse, we see that the love of Jesus has no end, no end to it. Mine is an unchanging love higher than the heights above. See, a love that's higher than the very heights above, deeper than the depths beneath, free and faithful, strong as death. Death is strong. It comes to all of us. And the love, that end-ending love of Jesus for you is just as strong as that. It'll see you through it. There in verse 5, we see the love of Jesus secures our future. Thou shalt see my glory soon. Now, I know how old all of you are tonight. If you're here and you're 16, you think, my, I got a long time to live. You may. And let me have you think about that the second time. A long time to live? Really? Say you're 20. Even if you live another 80 years, is that a long time? That's not very long. That's not very long. And so Jesus says, thou shalt see my glory soon. That's true for all of us. Soon. When the work of grace is done, partner of my throne shalt be. Now that just about sends goosebumps up your back. Do you mean to say that Jesus' love is so great that he would make me a, and you a partner of his throne? Yes, he will. 
say, poor sinner, lovest thou me? Look what I've done for you. Just look what he's done for you. Now he asks you, and the Holy Spirit asks your heart tonight, do you love Jesus? Here's our response in the last verse. Lord, it is my chief complaint. You remember I started out tonight and I asked you, how are things tonight with you and your Lord? What's going on? Brothers and sisters, there may, be, there may be many things going on. There may be many things wrong. There may be a lot of things that you could complain about tonight. But there ought to be one thing that rises up above all of your other complaints, all of the other things that are wrong tonight, and that is this. My love is weak and faint. It's pretty exciting to get to that point. Lord, there's really only one thing wrong tonight. There really is. My love, it's so weak. It's so faint. Yet, there's one thing I want you to know, Lord. I love thee and adore thee. I want you to know I love you, Lord. I adore you, Lord. Just one thing. Oh, for grace to love you more. What's grace? That's a word we use all the time. Do we know what it means? Grace is something you cannot produce of your, in and of yourself. You can't make it happen. Grace is something that God gives to you. It's an enabling power. It's something God gives to you, enabling you to be what you'd really like to be. It's all from Him. Grace comes from Him and enables you to be what you want to be. And so you're saying, I do love you, Lord, and I love you, Lord. I just want one thing yet. I want grace because I want to love you more than I do right now. You may have many complaints tonight. As I said before, you may have many things you don't like. But I think this one ought to be your primary concern and my primary concern. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to fill your heart and be able to respond to this question tonight? Say, poor sinner, do you love me? I think you've probably noticed that as a pastor, I'm not very pushy. I think our faith is a very personal kind of thing. And I'll 
this last week that I've been with you together these days, I, I thrill in nurturing you and helping you intimately make that private decision with Jesus, with Jesus Christ. And yet at the same time, I think there are those times when we need to be bold. I think there are those times when we really need to take, do, take some concrete steps or actions to let the Lord know we really do mean business with Him. And my question to you tonight is this. If the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart and asking you this question, do you love me? And if you would like to respond in a concrete way to let the Lord know that you do love him, your love is weak, you know your love is faint, yet, Lord, I want you to know this, I do love you. And I want grace to love you more than I do now. If you would like to, I invite you to stand to your feet to let the Lord know that and let your brothers and sisters here at Calvary know that that is what is going on in your heart tonight. I won't tarry long, but if you want to stand to let the Lord know you love him in a new and fresh way and you want other people to know it, just simply stand to your feet at this moment. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for these dear people and for their openness to your Holy Spirit. And Father, even if there's others who want to stand while we're praying, they may do so. This is not to impress anyone else. It's only to make no one to you, and yes, not to impress others, but we want others to know that we mean business with our Lord. And Father, these people, as well as myself, we are much like Peter. We know our love is weak and we know our love is faint and there's that point sometimes in life where we're almost scared to take another step. We're afraid we'll be wrong or be proven wrong. And yet tonight we want to be bold in our approach. And we're, by standing we are asking for grace. We're asking for help so that that flicker that's going on in our hearts right now might produce fruit and grow and result in a life that's filled with your spirit and full of love for thee. Thank you for hearing us, the cry of our heart. Thank you for filling us with your spirit. And we'll give you all glory and give you praise for what you hope to accomplish in our lives in the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. May the Lord bless you all richly. You may be seated. <laughs> Thank you so much again for allowing me and asking me to come and share with you. May God's peace go with you in the days ahead.